0: One Again, you know, I've uh, my laptop went. I guess, you know, the screen went and it went further and you know, went all the way to black. And I, you know, to, to get the new screen, I'd want to sit there with them. Yeah, you know, there's stuff on the computer. I don't, you know, it's kind of sensitive information, personal stuff. And I, I don't want uh, to just have someone working on a laptop. So, you're stuck with me on this phone, but apparently the phone sounds pretty good. So, we'll just keep on with that. Um, Got a little bit of interference from a heater that I had turned on. I'm going to turn that off. Okay, that should... That should be better. Okay, yeah, another... Cafe, all right. Good morning. <laughs> okay. So here we are in, um, admittedly, a um, very difficult situation for people. I don't think we've really taken assessment of all the horrific changes that have occurred just in the last few months. And people haven't really been able to, to assimilate, and, and including the coordination of governments of the earth that are taking their orders from a select few men. Uh, white men, actually. So so ironic, right? <laughs> white men are dictating the policy of the whole world. <laughs> white men are still enslaving people. But um, in this case, the whole world. But since you all, Earthlings, love, you know, uh, people that have money so much that you're willing to just lockstep march to whatever they order you to do, uh, this is your problem, right? So the world is produced by obedience and it's produced by the people that are obedient to the, um, you know, savage, uh, you know, specter, you know, 007 oligarchs who sit there at a meeting, like, you know, the, all 12 of them, and uh, decide, you know, what the fate of the world should be. And you have you know Biden and you know, Trudeau and Macron and you know Australia and New Zealand and everybody, you know China, getting in lockstep with whatever they say. And so the governments now have split from the people. Now the people finally see, I, I feel like I'm you know, it's so strange because I'm 20 or 30 years ahead. Or maybe even 50 years ahead of the people here. And that happened because I had a disconnect early in life. So my mind and my education sped ahead of my peers and sped ahead of um, the society in general. So I wound up, you know, knowing everything. Not the specifics of everything, you know what I mean. But knowing all of this, uh, which... uh, you know, from from childhood on, I realized there was, you know, there was no government. I I guess for me the wake up call was probably John F. Kennedy's uh murder, and then watching them savagely, Jack Ruby, stick a thirty eight special in the ribs of uh Lee Harvey Oswald, uh, of all people. Um, you know, the Patsy. And uh you know, uh watching on live TV, I mean here we are, we're kids, you know, and you know, I remember when you know school was out and it was like a holiday. And I remember my you know, we we went down to the rexall drugstore and got games to play was, parents thought we should have games to to occupy us during this tempestuous time. And so, you know, of course that's a but kids love toys, so you know, yeah, we would go to the Alrexol. So it was sort of like, a, you know, that, those days, the drugstore was like the, you know, was uh, certainly not maybe the, the best store in the world, but it had everything in it, you know. It had all kinds of stuff. So it was a fun place. It was always open <laughs> during tragedies. So, okay, so what happens to people is when you disconnect, then your education, you know, fills in, and then it's up to you to, to feed your head, and you know, it's up to you to feed your knowledge, or, or don't. You know, some people just didn't do anything. They waited for instructions, and then they, they, they just got in lockstep with society. So now society that's been in lockstep with itself taking the orders from the oligarchs all these years, doing what they're told, not being a free country the entire time you've been alive, and your parents and your grandparents, really, pretty much uh, already fallen, already taken over, probably before 1900. Definitely. And then, so, so finally you begin to you know, people begin to wake up and realize, hey, the government doesn't represent me. Hey, we're not a democracy. We're supposed to be a representative uh, form of government called a republic. We're not. Hey, that architecture in Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C., is satanic. Hey, they got a big statue or they used to of Albert Pike sitting there. That's masonry admittedly worshipping Lucifer and standing there in that statue. And did they pull it down? Well, thank God they did. Right? There's some justice. And, um, you know, and on and on and on. So society remains stupid because the oligarchs themselves... Are not necessarily intelligent. You know, they're more, I would say, they have a military style consciousness. If something doesn't conform, beat it down. Beat that shit down. <laughs> there you go. And, you know, so, so that's their, no, don't tempt, don't, 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 because you don't, you know, don't be clever like advertising and you know, woo them into something that they otherwise wouldn't want to get into. No, just beat them. Beat be, beat, them. Beat them. Beat them. Beat them. Why? Because they are the manifestation of what's wrong inside of me. So beat them. Beat them. Gosh dare it. Beat them. And when you're done with that, beat them some more. Beat them until you kill me. Kill what's inside of me. Nagging at me. I need that gone. Oh, you mean your conscience? Um, But of course, your conscience. Look what these people are making me feel guilty, so beat them some more. So, you you know, so, so that's why... You know, in a, a, you know, kind of a nutshell. You don't have, um, you don't really have uh, advancements in science or especially anything to do with space has been a joke. It's all been covered up. Giving, you know, um, people that, for example, had uh, theories... You know, the the flat Earth and the round Earth compete out there, and really the whole thing is just an argument to distract people. But, I mean, the, but the people say, you can't get out in space because there's blockages. and They go, is that true? Is Elon Musk hiding something from us? He really can't get a rocket off the launch pad much before it blows up. But anyway, we would have already been... We would have already known all that. Let's just say known the limitations of our immediate surroundings, if there are any. And all that would be a known thing. We would, we would know a lot more than we do now. But like I say, without spiritual knowledge, which is where knowledge comes from, so it goes from the spirit to the people, to, you know, through consciousness. And if that's cut off... Which you have obviously look at them. Look at a guy like Bill Gates. Does that guy look spiritual to you? Seem does anything he say have any awareness of some other reality? No. So what is the deal with Bill Gates? Well, with Bill Gates everything is a line. It's all in a line. It's all linear. What 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 do they call quantum computing? It's it's basically arithmetic. It's all linear. Go ahead and try to argue with me. You can't. Because, I'll tell you why. I will prove that I am right. You cannot. Well, Let's put it this way. If quantum computing mirrored reality, you wouldn't be able to understand the data. Because it's not linear. Because the universe is not linear in the, you know... Uh, you know, 1s and zeros, or 2 plus 2 is 4, or whatever. It just isn't isn't that way. But physicists would have you believe that they're on the cutting edge because these giant machines can do computations much faster than any human brain or all of the human brains linked together in terms of crunching data. But what's crunching data? It's linear. Oh, they can say it's nonlinear. They, they they always do. But they can say, "Oh, I I I do abstract thinking." Well, abstract thinking meaning uh, probably to them, abstract thinking is like, you know, free form consciousness or you know, you um, know, just. Um, allowing the mind to jump from one topic to another to see what it does in an experiment. It's, it's, again, it's, it's, it's got nothing to do with, with the question of what's linear and what isn't. But when I say linear, what I mean is God. You cannot get out of linear unless you have access to space and time. if they are immutable and you're kind of stuck with it, then that's where you'll stay. When they talk about 3D, 4D, 5D, it doesn't matter. 5D, you can't comprehend it. You can see it and you kind of, oh, I see, and then that's flat and then that goes this way. and But you don't really know what you're looking at. And most people don't because... It's in a language that I mean, you could see, you know, like like things defying gravity and defying logic, but they're just simply symbolic constructs, you know, to you know, an approximation of something that you can't see, because unless you could be in that space, then you wouldn't understand. You, would, you could see some sticks going dif- different directions and, and think, oh wow, that's kind of, that's like paradoxical. It's starting to get my mind around it. But to actually go into that space where you would actually understand, where your brain would have to process in that way. Now, can the human brain process in, you know, a higher dimensional environment? The answer is yes Uh uh-oh, that means we're in big trouble because we've been taught everything is through reason and through touch and feel and experimentation and all of it, all of it is verified uh, through linear time, linear thinking, linear equations, linear, you know, um, arithmetic, linear, um, linear thoughts. We have this thought completed, now we go on to that thought. We can't have this thought, that thought, the other thought, a 100 thoughts, uh, two weeks ago, five weeks ago, and 10 weeks into the future, all stacked. Because we, it would blow our mind, we couldn't really fathom that. Well then, if you can't fathom that, then you cannot be God. Because God's even way more radical than that. I can layer it up so you, all you're going to see on the, on the chalkboard here is gobbledygook. You're go, I don't understand. and Nobody does. But don't you think that man, being semi-intelligent, would have some kind of curiosity about the mind of God? would want to inquire about, you know, how do we do this or how do we do that? How do we access those thoughts? How do, how do we access that that kind of sign? How do we access the time-space continuum so that we can manipulate it for our own purposes? And the answer is you can't. Because God forbid it. He forbade that when he, would, you know, the... the, the uh, the cherub blocking the the, the, the uh, tree of life of immortality, which also includes, uh, you know, the abolition of the time space continuum, or the or if you like the intermittent reinsertion of the time space continuum when convenient to do so. Now you really have a conundrum because if it's there, it's like, you mean there's no singularity? Of course not. So there's no answer other than to bludgeon and beat down the humans because that's all they know they don't um, understand or comprehend uh, that they can't get outside the time and space continuum. I mean, I think they've they've tried to access different, you know, to to talk in the language of other dimensions. But again, you're still rooted here. Just like you can learn a language theoretically, but you know, say Spanish what kind of Spanish you're talking about Spanish as in Spain argentina Spanish mexico Spanish what do you mean you maybe you need to go there experience that Spanish. It has a whole musical kind of, uh, you know, kind of historical, you know, it it produces images, it produces scenes, it produces feelings, it produces food, produces dress, manners, table manners, all of which, every step of the way, is losing some bit of the ultimate reality with every rule that man makes. You know, you will have your fork and knife over here, you put your spoon and your, and your knife on that, and you put your fork over there, and you have your liquids in the middle of the table, your wine and your water and whatnot, and out comes the, uh, the lamb. <laughs> Everybody gets drunk and starts gossiping about everything. And uh, the, the modern-day scientists all go home with their spouses and, uh, you know, try to avoid falling asleep on the freeway. And uh, tomorrow is a, it's another day. Well, let's get cracking, shall we? We're going to subdue the earth. You eat the bugs, you'll be happy, yeah? Yeah. I don't mind all the children I bounce on my knee, huh? Yeah. Children will be deceived and not heard yeah. <laughs> when I tell a child to do something, he better do it, yeah, or he gets punished. Oh I see, well yes. That's more important than thinking or computers, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, easy bugs. Bug the children. So, okay, so you know, and, and what about non compliance? Well, who's a policeman? They're all. Uh, oh, you mean at the cool kid table at the. Oh, the, oh, I see. One set of policemen are the Foo Fighters, the Foo Fighter band. They're really policemen, and they need to wear little policeman uniforms. All of that sort of long hair and. Freestyle looks like they're having fun, just don't have to work for a living, you know what I mean? They just they're just partying and making music and you know, entertaining audiences and making sure they comply and get the jab or or they're not yeah, so in other words, you can't go to their concert without the jab, therefore they're police, but the jab represents the jab is conformity. And conformity is what, ladies and gentlemen? What we always talk about here, conformity equals death. The death of the soul. The soul wants to be free. Wants to sing, to dance, fly, go here, look at things, consider things. But conformity cuts off all of that thinking, cuts off all that creativity, and makes sure that poor sludge of a person gets in line and does what he is told. So we've had an example of what we've been talking about at the Zephyr Report from day one. We've been talking about, you know, conformity is the death of the people. And, and you, you know, I didn't get too far with that in Los Angeles. Ouch. <clears throat> I didn't know they want to kill you if you say something. But, but then again, they're the policemen. Who made them policemen? People in their social circle, group, whatever, uh, usually choose the young people as policemen so they can tattle on the nonconformists. Okay. So they can hunt them down. So they can track them down and eliminate them because, you know, the the real threat is that they might indicate that there's another world besides this one, that there are other people to listen to besides us. We can't have that. So I'm just now betting, do you think humanity is ready for the next level? Or are they looking for a daddy or a mommy to please? Do you think that they're going to understand that God is superior in every way, especially when he says, my thoughts are greater than your thoughts. My ways are better than your ways. Hearken unto me and I will lead you. So right now, I just, in Jesus' name, I give it all to you, Lord. And every thought, let every thought come into the captivity of your captivity, of your guidance. The captivity of your, your of conformity to Christ, which is infinite. Conformed to Christ is infinite. Conformity to the devil is finite. A scientist cannot be a Satanist, a Luciferian, a Freemason, a whatever, a Pythagorean, a Golden Dawn aficionado, a Tibetan Buddhist, a Buddhist... A Hindu, a Christian mystic, etc., etc., etc. All right, you've seen all their writings. What's the what's the highest, the most esoteric, the Tibetan Book of the Dead, let's say, or the Egyptian Book of the Dead by E. Wallace Budge, or you know the Book of Enoch. Okay, well, the Tibetan Book of the Dead is pretty straightforward. You've got to fight all these demons or you get reborn into this hellhole if, you, if you're not successful. Well, that sounds pretty straight-line forward to me. Oh, a very narrow line. Well, narrow is the way, the Lord says. It's a narrow path. You know that leads to infinity. it's a wide path that leads to uh razor thin narrowness narrow f- enough for death, narrow enough to cut off any process, especially any kind of thinking so that's my you know thing about yeah you, know, you know and so they when made you know the quantum d computer or the you know the uh uh, the D waves, you know, all those, and you know they they do much better than you know, it's like having a billion brains connected. Well, I don't need to see your computer to see that. If I want to see that, I just go out to where there are birds, and I see all the birds are connected, and they're all having these conversations, completely nonlinear, all over the place, and I start tuning into them, and I go, yes, they say you're a bird brain with a little tiny brain. But when you add all these brains up together they're all interlinked and they're all interlinked and they're all processing all of a sudden you're in the hands of genius. And they missed it. They can sit there with all the birds going crazy. You know, they all talk to the crows and the seagulls and the, lots of them talking with each other. Proving them an immense intelligence that transcends time and space, And yet they can't even make the computer do that. So when they come across a black hole well, whether theoretical or otherwise, then the, the machinery shuts down. That's why it's a black hole. It's black, because they don't know what to do. Because they can't see what it is. And, uh... Oh, God pretty much shut it off from them. They say, well, we know what it is. They have some fancy theories about it. But really, you know, these are speculative at best. So... The point being when a child thinks freely free from the the, the frickin' police, man. That's what's gonna get you, the pure police. You know, they're the people who decide what's cool, what isn't. Right, foo fighters? You're the cool you're the cool you're the cool kid police, right? At the cool table. You're cool policemen, you're gonna police them. Because when they're on that page, they 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 probably dig your music. Your you know watered down derivative third fourth generation rehack. So <laughs> I'm sorry to pick on them today, but they're, a perf- they're They're the example I have of who made people uh, take a shot before being allowed in the concert. I mean, this is obs- That's the most uncool totalitarian, authoritarian, a ridiculous thing you could do. It's also um, a, a, uh, an act of war against people. And they did it. And they got away with it. But they're the ones who will police you in high school. They're the ones who are going to organize gang-stalking against you. Don't look to the Stasi, there's the police force or anything. Look to them. Once they go over, the first thing they are appointed when they when they become part of the collective is they are appointed policemen. And they watch you at school, whatever. And then your troubles begin. People say bad things about you and they get your grades wrong and they get your they get you in trouble and you try to explain that you weren't there, that you didn't do it. it lock people up. You know, that, that we're, you know, standing, you know, on a sidewalk somewhere thinking about the, you know, the, those, you know, the, I don't know, the patriotic flag. And then all of this goes furthermore to my theory of, the, you know, the ant farm, where thoughts are regulated. and that And that's a lot of what, you know, the mainstream news is doing. They're regulating thought. It's not just like, don't think about, you know, 9-11 or, you know, some conspiracy thing. It's, we can't have the thought get into the the processing mode where it can decipher all the things because we have to tell the truth every day because it's required of us to tell the truth, but we can bury it in plain sight but we figure they're never going to get there. They're never going to figure it out, what we're doing to them, because uh, they've got all those partitions in their brain, which we put there to prevent them from seeing. You know, everything goes black, everything goes dark, so they can't put it together. So as long as they can't put it together, they're traumatized, and we can just keep bludgeoning them to death. Right? Who is they? Well, there's the participants, There's the, there are the, uh, the bad actors. Those who give the orders, you know, to the media, do this, do that, do this, do that, and uh, right now they've got it all the way on tilt. And why do they have it on? You know, why is it on, you know, why is this? What is this? Well, what this is, is they're trying to prevent souls from, you know, breaking through this menagerie of, um, you know, of failure and stupidity and breaking free into the infinite with Jesus, which is another word for truth, life, and way, it's also another word for the uh, the, the the fulcrum of the infinite, which is the launching pad, which is the alpha, and the omega. You know, equals um, creates a kind of a, a launch into um, alpha. And o- alpha and omega equal are equal. The alpha equals the omega. The omega equals the alpha. The first and the last are one. So I'm interested, you know, I'm 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 very interested to see where this is going to go and I'm very interested to see if people can actually break free and have their own thought however are you know, usually. Well, you need to go see a psychiatrist. I mean, you're way out there, and it's uh, not going to happen. Now, what about this idea of being upset with all this to the point of committing suicide? Well, the thing is, if you commit suicide, you fall into their program. When you don't commit suicide, you—it's like punching them in the face. And I know you want to punch them in the face. You just can't ever get to them because they keep disappearing. That's because you're going after the low hanging fruit. It's really, you know, the guys above the policeman level and, uh, you know, above your professors and above, you know, who tell them what to do. Those guys need to be straightened out. I think if people ever figured out how easy this is, They'll go crazy. You know, about every day I can hear them drive their cars up down the street, you know, in a third world country like, you know, Brazil. Or not not Brazil. Brazil too too uh too big. I mean, you know, something like you know, Uruguay or something. Yeah, you know, basically Chanting against the government, against the people that are telling them, you know, with the laws, what to do, deciding on retirement age, you know, conforming the people to produce what? What do the people produce here? Why would they be on earth to produce what? Well, the people here are here to produce wealth and power for the few elites for the very, very, very few uh men who, you know, run the world, both from here and the moon and other places. But yes. And um there are offshoots that are trying to figure out the uh the problem with the moon and whether we went there, what we did, what what that was all about. So You know, we can never, ever grow beyond this. You know, no outer space. No, uh, you know, starships to, you know, inhabit planets. Well, what's beyond the planet? Well, I can't tell you that. Why? Because it would be the truth. So? And you can't handle the truth. You know, it just goes on and on and on. Block, 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 block. So for me, I need to get beyond that. How do I do that? Well, first of all, life is not easy. You know, as you get older, you get diseases, limitations, and things like that. So you can use that frustration to cry out to God and say, Lord, heal me, please. And... Um, I'm convinced that any earnest seeker will be able to see that there's you know, life beyond this, this enclosed little cave we're in, for lack of a better term. For, sorry for an intoning Plato, but, it, you know, it's a cave. And what we perceive as reality is just, you know, like a, a sliver of it. I do this all the time. I make conclusions about uh, things. And, uh, you know, I try to find evidence of what, what motivates people and you know, why they would do things. Well, you know, usually people are pretty simple. They tell you there's something wrong with them. Or, you know what, what they need to do get out of the rut. But now we face another kind of challenge, and I can see they're trying to get me to be quiet now. And that challenge is, uh... forbidding. Anyway. Anyway. I was going to talk a little bit about the, uh... my study of... uh, the human lineage of uh, my ancestors and I, and I realized from my initial searches that there's no which actually pose more questions than you know, switching topics here what, I just have to get an interruption uh, Trish let's see if I can get some uh, water here I've had to go into a different area of the. I have a chair that has a little, you know, a USB port in it. Okay. Well, in my cursory view, Uh, in genealogy, you know, I was researching the the uh, the, the Keith clan. As it came from Scotland, and the the painter that was a founder of the Bohemian Club, William Keith, and his son Charles. And there was my grandfather Keith, who was born in 1899, and his father was also Charles. And we wondered. If that was the same Charles, well, no, it's not the same Charles. There's no, there's no direct line there. But what there is is a kind of a spiritual line. In that you had my grandfather, at, I guess, early on, you know, pre 1930, was very, very, you know, enamored with painting and painters, especially landscapes of the Sierras. He just was obsessed with it. And the only really painter that he would have known, I mean, because Keith William Keith was very famous in his own... He was wealthy and famous in his own lifetime, which was unusual for artists artist at that time. But he had that going. It, he really didn't even paint this you know, William Keith until his wife, uh, Elizabeth... Elizabeth was already a professional painter, and and, and, and uh, she um, was um, involved in still lives like uh, you know, you know, you know, grapes and a pineapple and whatnot on the table, and the lighting, and you know, you've seen a lot of these. These are, you know, really uh, some of them are quite important in, in terms of creating a feeling that, 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 uh, you know, fruit, fruit kind of gets me the feeling of, of God is so perfect and produce in general. But, uh, you no, know, she, he was an engraver and he would make, you know, in those days, engravers would make, you know, headlines in the first page of the, you know, newspapers would be engraved, there'd be blocks of wood that ink would go on and they would stamp out the, uh, the papers, you know, a couple times a day. And, uh, through his first wife and her, uh, already a pro in her own right, getting him into the stream and getting him to go for the oils and then having him come into his own success in his own lifetime was an extraordinary achievement. And then, you know, after Elizabeth died, then he had another wife. Oh, I forget her first name now, but it was a, uh, Okay, so we're having a, a silence. Anyway, okay. So, the the bottom line is he started the painting with wife number one. Wife number two was actually a uh, an activist. Her father was a judge, anti-slavery judge. She was actually a uh, what they call a suffragist. We might call today a suffragette, wanting uh, the, the women's vote. First woman to uh, graduate law school at this law school up north called Hastings Law School. And, and she made sure that because she was a lot younger, and she wanted to learn how to paint from Keith himself, so she, um, you know, was a, was a big fan. In addition to her activism, I suppose today she'd be the sort of a, a feminist. I guess she would be kind of a kind of a progressive, but I don't know how Sylvia would be. <laughs> so, but anyway, she would push her into, uh, you know, getting seen, getting organized. Having showings, and that increased the uh, knowledge. So it's very possible that, and I and I know, and it's going back to my own memories that that he, Willard had had some of these paintings. Right, he owned some of William Keith's art, and he was also a member of the Bohemian Club, though not that he's not on the roster. But I remember that we went there, and I was talking to a guy whose whose brother is in the club, is in both the Bohemian Club. And they have the same place in downtown San Francisco that you go for lunch. It's like leather chairs and, you know, lunch and whatnot. They put on lunch, so that's where we, where we went when we were just little kids. So what was the... I guess the connection would have been this William Keith was famous in that, you know, town, and this is a Keith, and they're all kind of a clan up in around Berkeley, Alameda County. Uh, And uh, so that was the thing. Up until uh, there was a suicide. There was a suicide in that uh, my grandfather's father, also named Charles, just like the son of William Keith was Charles. That's what caused a, a thought that there may be a connection there. But like I say, we finally put that to rest with the help of a professional genealogist who was uh, so I like accuracy. And if I can't get there myself and if it's a question on the web or whatever, I'll find a way to prove it. You know, I'll find a way to get to the facts so that we have the facts, you know, and, and we're not just you know making things up. Or b- putting together connections that don't necessarily, you know, go together out of convenience because we don't have all the information. So anyway, so I have a lot more information in that. Keith's uh, Charles, the Keith, William Keith Charles Keith, he died early. He he died he died early. So there's no way. And then then what we're looking at now is trying to find a record of the actual suicide of a Charles Keith, my grandfather's father. Apparently, ran into some uh, difficulty with. Uh, uh, real estate at that time, but this is in the in 1926-27, the that, that, that time just prior to the Great Depression that hit in 29. But before the Great Depression hit, I believe that real estate prices tanked at that time, in the late 20s. I think the, the roaring 20s were sort of coming to an end in the last days of those 20s. And then By 1930, I believe, somewhere around 1930, that's when he moved to Los Angeles and left all the Keiths behind there. And, you know, he he threw the brushes away, threw the painting away, molded himself into this, like, educated, you know, like a PhD education type, you know, insurance magnate, and came to Los Angeles and, you know, basically... He worked his way up into uh, a leadership, a famous position of an industrialist, you know, just like Arm and Hammer and other people like that. He kept his name low, though. He just called him the insurance man. So this is uh, it's, it's interesting to me because he, my grandfather, when he was really angry with me for thinking, for being, an, for being a human being, I was told to change my name, you know, from, you know, being named after him to, or named after his son who was a war hero in Guadalcanal. He died tragically early. I have some of his letters too. I have letters and photographs. You know, he's basically in Guadalcanal and bombs are going off all around. He's he's taking pictures of bombs, like a little Kodak camera, you know, and there's the bomb over there. Here's a machine gun nest over here. He's writing a letter. It says, you know, Dad, uh, and to the group at the uh, blah, blah, blah country club, um, and, and they would get his letters and read them and share them in the group. I don't think I'm going to make it out of here, he said. Ha. And then he did. It. And so they named a uh, a destroyer after him. They actually had three ships in... Uh, in production and one one was actually produced that did see some 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 battle time some war time but then it was uh uh really ended up being a patrol destroyer and then eventually given to the Colombian uh to the Colombians. And the reason I'm doing this going over this you know research and genealogy is because it explains, you know, through um, through my you know, grandparents and then Los Angeles and the you know success there. And there was a, so there's the, you know, a couple of Keiths that were successful in California. One was the painter, and the other was my grandfather. Uh, on the, you know, he knows where all the bodies are buried. He's a big advocate of the military industrial complex. He seemed to love war. He loved it. So much so he got his own son killed. So then they named me after him. And so there's no way I could have lived up to anything. That You know what I mean? He was basically disgusted with me and anything and my father and everybody. every Everyone in Los Angeles he was disgusted with. So, you know, I... I'm leaning up to, believe me, if you just patient with me for a second, I'm leaning up to a thing here. Um, so I was told to change my name, ordered, and uh, because I was such a bad, you know, I I was such a blight on the name. I was such a, I, I, you know, his carefully crafted reputation, you know, charity and being on the board of some 30 corporations and being the chairman of the board of Marsha McClennan and being this and being the head of civil defense and all this stuff, the insurer of the Fox Studios and others, friends of Louis B. Mayer and, and on and on. You know, uh, you know. And, you know, don't sully that reputation. You know, change your name. Only to find out later, and we'll find out more now, what I'm researching now are the criminal, possible connections to criminality and all that, and uh, because there are rumors, of course. Um, but we call all of them, they refer to themselves as the LA Mafia. And these guys would tell, just like what we started off today, they would tell the mob guys, like guys like Mickey Cohen and people like that, they would tell them what to do. The body's been, he's squeaky clean. Change your name. You're a blight on that name. Meanwhile, you know, if you've got other people doing your bidding, you know what I'm saying. You know, to run a city, you know, people, people get their hands dirty, you know. It takes, people don't say what it takes, but I mean, you know, people disappear, the cement shoes are, Always in play. And, um, you know, so that's so he, the hypocrisy was insane. And, you know, that, that's all I can say is that the way I look at it now, look, as I'm looking back, how does it make me feel now that I'm at the end of my life? How does it, how, how has that, what has that done after being through all of their gang stalking? And i mean fierce. Murder attempt. I mean, your own mother calling a murder a guy, hiring a hitman? I mean, and how is, I mean, how, is, how is any of that justified in keeping these socialites in the lights and squeaky clean, going to church, the All Saints Church, having their weddings, having their funerals, meeting at their clubs, everything all polite and above board, but, you know, there's this thing underneath. And they're all drunk on it There's a reason they got mad at me is because I wanted to well being a child of course and seeing what was going on in all I mean let me talk don't let me write or talk or anything about it just off to the psychiatrist off to the loony bin you know then just disappear the guy We can't have anyone talking about this. So this was society back then. Can you imagine where this thing would go if they just let it out of the closet? All the things you see today, everything you see today is going on in that closet with those people. And yet, I hear about a... uh, and yeah, in L.A. at that time, you had, you know, you had people like, you know, like I said, Louis Jolion West was a part of society. He was more the more liberal side, but his daughter went to, uh, one of the daughters went to, uh, I think the Westlake School, which eventually merged with Harvard, which is where they dump all the kids at Harvard-Westlake, right, because they can go to prep schools later and, and get into... Uh, Oxford or whatever. <laughs> and yet none almost, well, no, none are deserving of that higher education. What would they do with it? What are they going to do? Sit around the philosophy building down at USC and, you know, Mud Hall, which I, will, I love that, that building, by the way. I used to go there and do research on my own on my own accord. As long as you don't take the books out of there, you can, they have a nice, very, you know, nice Italian, it's an Italian library. Neo-Italian architecture. No, they're not going to sit around in the philosophy building. The closest thing to truth would be that building, probably. I had a first, I I took a class there, there was a first, uh, uh, you know, a New Testament class. And all they could do is teach the class about sodomy in early Greece at the time of the New Testament, with writings of romances between adult you know men who were householders and their you know between nine and 12-year-old uh, boyfriends. And that's what you no, no I, I'm totally serious. Nobody batted an eye at that. You know, and it was, I mean, obviously, you know, the whole idea, you know, wh- why is it so important? Why is uh, sodomy so important? Because it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a religion, as you can see. But they're not going to tell you what the rituals are. Just like when they do drag, drag Queen Story Hour, that's a copy of the same ritual that we kids were in, Call called Playtime. Same thing. Except they're not, you know, having sex with the kid, but almost. I mean, they're burying their penises and things to two-year-olds, three-year-olds. And, and, and the public sits by like the media is all into it. In fact, if you object to it, you're silenced and cut out and canceled and maybe even just thrown to jail. Well, this is quite a parallel from my own youth. What's going on here, man? What's going on here? You mean all this that was hidden in society, and high society, and well-heeled society, the low spark of high-heeled boys, all that? Most people didn't even know what that song was about. when you become initiated and when you break on through the other side not only do you know it but the whole world knows you and that you made it and your parents will be proud but they couldn't tell you what it was you had to find it on your own Um, so now what you have is taking that premise which is one million percent true. Don't doubt me on that. And taking that premise and then blasting it out worldwide so that all must now comply, much like the progression of Sodom and Gomorrah being from, you know, so all this esoteric knowledge built into these rituals. So the idea is to get the kids to all do the rituals without knowing what it is, getting them to the other side before they know what they've decided so that they're conformed and there's no more worry about it. And if we can do that, then we will have the blessing of Lucifer who will then bless our efforts to make a world in his image. Which is really what they're all about. After all, they made us all wealthy. The devil and the minions... We've got power. we got wealth. We run the world. And what do we run? We run a war machine. We're at war 24 hours a day with somebody. We run a, a human sacrifice machine. We're always sacrificing babies and this and that and the other thing. We run a sex machine. All these different rituals are all sacraments. And they all have a structure, just like drag queen story hour. The parents are in the back row. Those of you who you know know me long enough, you can go back and check. Before that drag queen thing ever started happening, I talked about this. So they're on the back row. The mothers, you know, gossiping and doing their knitting and stuff, talking about the PTA meeting coming up, the, the ladies uh, clubs, ladies golf. Ladies' charities. Kids in the front. Adult, you know, males. All males. You know, you know you're playing with the kids. Kids not allowed to have anything but just underwear on. And seeing which ones would go along or slowly trying to get them all to go along with sex with adults. Which basically, uh, if it... Doesn't happen, then children are removed and uh, usually disposed of, or you know, taken to a psychiatrist to have sense talked into them. Psychiatry, right? Where nobody knows anything. The furthest thing from science in the world is psychiatry. It's a social. It's a, a again a social conformity tool, just like high school got nothing to do with education because if people were educated, they wouldn't fall for this shit. So people are uneducated. And, you know, I hope you uh, understand that in, in, in researching, the, you know, my own genealogy here. I'm able to get to the same conclusion. See what I mean? Working it around that way finding out how that all worked, and then paralleling it to what's going on today, it all dovetails uh, 100%. Nothing new under the sun, as it says in the book of Ecclesiastes. Or is that Isaiah? Which one? Ecclesiastes? Ecclesiastes. Okay. 1-9. 1-9. Ecclesiastes 1-9. Burn that into your brain. Nothing new under the sun. So when they bring out this... uh, the trans thing, drag queen, story time, all that stuff. Nothing new under the sun. This was all behind closed doors. These were all the rituals going on. We've always had the trans moment. We've always had gays. We've always had an, and all that. But all of that had a purpose to it. What's the purpose of... Gay, gay as a purpose. What's, what's the gay purpose? The gay purpose is for intermingling of gays in society to conform children to their parents' way. If they're in society and upwardly mobile, that's basically it. Now, if you want to be with God, oh, no, here's the big, ah, er, you, know, you know, crash. No one says that. If, no, no, let's switch, the, let's shift into another gear. If you then want to be with God, yeah, you're, right? You would have to repent. And there are many here of God that thank God don't have to repent of that sort of thing that I'm just describing. They're just lambs. Oh no, they're in their families are all black sheep, every last one of them. Every last one of you is connected as a black sheep because you're for whatever reason you're good you're stronger than them you 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 do fear God you know you may be a sinner and you may just have a real struggle in this world I have a terrible struggle myself, and oftentimes you know over drink and do things I shouldn't do but i it's it's it's. I'm dealing with pain, though, man. Pain, a lot of pain. And so the society would say, "Look, we don't want to deal with you and your questions and your ideas. We've heard it all before. This is the way that works, and we still go to church." That God loves us and we're going to heaven. We're good people. We're going to heaven. No, you're not. You're going to burn in hell. In fact, before your lives are over, your entire world's going to burn down. You're going to see it if you're in this generation. You're going to see the absolute end. Why? Because it's worth burning down. People are talking about, you know, trying to save it, putting Trump in there to turn the economy around, and maybe we can have a, a smooth landing, because they've done this clouded pivot program, you know, Biden's a clouded pivotist, if you will. and that means to uh, spend so much money it, it collapses the system, to, to do so many things that finally can't system can't take it anymore, collapse the entire monetary system. And then the government takes over doling out, you know, funds to poor people, which would be, by the way, 100% of the population would then be poor. And the government would have all the power. And that's what Ob- Obama is a big a big factor in that. That's his dream. Obama, Obama is, is easy to figure out as Gates. Obama has a vendetta. A vendetta. Okay? He wants people to pay. And now it's, you know, pay for disrespecting you. I mean, who knows what else? Bill Gates has a vendetta, you know, picked on in high school. You know, the nerd, and he's going to get even. All these guys have some petty little reason for becoming despots. You know, not the, the fact that they can. None of them are wise leaders. None of them are leaders. Not one, not even one is a leader. Not One. Everyone is a failure. Every single one, and or like Obama, Obama's stupid, right? He's stupid. He and I think that's why Michelle, you know, or Big Mike, he's a lot more intelligent than Obama. You know what I mean? And so now you're seeing a rift because he's looking at maybe taking power for himself as a her. Maybe one day he comes out. Hey, Trish. Benz, no. You're not going to start biting me. All right. So leading through the genealogy, so we have the the, the Society of Los Angeles. Let's just take that as a little uh, Petri dish here. So what we have... Well, I mean, not one, meaning not one. I mean, that's I don't mean there are two. There's not three. There's not one. Why? Because they're... The very thing I'm talking about is what tainted them. And that's why they never escaped linear thinking. It's why their sciences don't line up. It's why their rockets blow up. It's why they can't get to space. They can't get through a portal. They can't do anything. Nothing. Because they insist that they are gods. You know, gods in the making. They insist that their way of thinking is the way. They refuse to acknowledge being tainted by time and space. Therefore, they will always be wrong. Always. And forever. That's why you haven't gotten anywhere. That's why you don't have cancer treatment. That's why you don't have, you know, robust health. That's why you're all so mad at each other because nothing here works. Now the Lord God Yahweh Yahuwah Jesus the Alpha the Omega the first and the last the truth the Word the Logos the Creator doesn't think like man thinks. His thoughts are above man's thoughts. His ways are above man's ways. All he has said is, "Follow me if you want uh, if you want liberation, really." And what is liberation but the mind? What needs to be liberated here? The mind. It's all about mind at at this stage. And when people start breaking free in their mind, what do they do? They clamp down on you, don't they? They'll come after you, don't they? They'll gang stalk you. I bring that term back in because now you see I was right the whole time, right? Gang stalking wasn't just some mechanical thing from some police precinct somewhere that wanted to stalk certain people that were, like, on the on the bad person list, you know? That's not it at all. It all emanates from the spiritual realm, too. That's why you see people stalking you, people you know. And then it turns out it wasn't them, but it was. It was, it wasn't, yet it is. The beast who was and who is not, and yet is. It's the, it's the understanding of that riddle. It's a riddle. I understand it. You know, I've always understood it. And you know why. Because of the fucking policemen. The Foo Fighters. Back then, I suppose we would say the Beatles. Or Bob Dylan all these so-called people that had some some like little tiny form of truth but basically tainted and all, every single one of those people gave up and went along in the case of the Beatles it was the uh, Tavistock Institute, CIA, MI6 the works right? <laughs> George Martin the <laughs> the uh, the, uh the, the London Philharmonic. Day in a life. Go psychedelic. What was psychedelic? CIA, baby. CIA. That's right. And what did they do? They brought the psychiatrist in. And they brought in the LSD. And what was that going to do? That was going to liberate people's minds into their control. Absolutely who's cool, who's not, who's hot, who's not, right? They, the policemen, make that determination at the high school table, in the cafeteria, in the classroom, in the, uh, the uh, you know, do bad things boys locker room, right? Or sodomy hall. Right? Right? Everything gets silent. Silent lucidity, and it all just percolates. Nobody bats an eye, nobody says anything. And when somebody pops off, well, we have ways of dealing with that, don't we? All the stories, Plato's Republic, well, you can wipe your ass with that one. Why is that? Because they lied because the people in there were liars. Because when they said they could only see a flicker of an image on the cave wall, they lied. They knew a lot more than they said they did. In fact, everybody knows the truth about it all, yet they act dumb until somebody pops off. And then they report them, like a snitch, hoping to cause an avalanche of bad bad on them. False witness, trouble demons. See, it's not mechanical, because there's a whole demonic realm. You hear things in the telephone, it's not you. You hear things in the machines, the computers break, the car breaks down, this happens, that happens. And before you know it, you're in the you're in, in under the control of other people, who may totally disapprove of you, and who are probably understanding who you are, so they're trying to figure out a way to kidnap you and get that out of the way. And then you know, if you become a statistic of just missing, or something like that, it would it would all be because they're keeping society cleaned up. So naturally, when I got to the point of. I didn't really understand any of this you know as, as I was being punished for something I didn't understand I couldn't understand how could anyone understand I still hadn't gotten over you know I was just getting over Disneyland I mean I, I didn't understand I mean I understood the punishment but I didn't understand what was it for why Because remember I told you they like to... They bludgeoned. They know bludgeoning, they bludgeon. They're going to force you into that round hole or that square peg or whatever it is. And if you don't fit, they'll just go cut your feet off. They'll make sure you fit. They will kill all creativity. And so all we have is Tin Can Man out there, Elon. And that's about it. NASA, a bunch of losers are taking you know back seat. They're more interested in satanic ritual abuse than they are in uh, in 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 faux space because they figure, well, we can't keep lying to the public, we'll get Elon to do it. Anyway, the Bud Light thing, an illusion. The NFL, it's an illusion. The USC Dental School. What's that? Why is that something? Well, I'll just let that sit there. The L.A. Dodgers. The, um, you know, uh, you know, just name your sport. And we'll name the policeman. Uh, and the, So now the policing has gotten to Social conformity has gotten into coming out of the closet of what it's always been nothing to do the sun. And, and, and now it's just not just consent of perversion and hurting children and have, uh, forcing them to commit suicide if they don't comply correctly. Uh, it is, uh, you know, the next step is bludgeoning people you know, for not taking, you know, for not doing what they're told because they are supposed to understand that because they never were free. And when they were out in public, it was always, the they had to watch their P's and Q's. They had to watch what they said. They could only go to certain places. They couldn't go, they had to not ruffle any feathers. Uh, They were already under house arrest. The whole society, the whole world. And they obeyed. They don't want to lose the country club uh, membership. They don't want to lose that discount on the plane or the, even the private, private air travel. They don't want to lose that corner office space. You remember that movie uh, with Adam Sandler and, and Jack Nicholson, Anger Management? A great movie about this very thing. The guy had to, you know, pucker up and kiss the girl in front of all these, in front of the stadium of people. And he, was, he had a phobia about kissing the girl in front of the stadium of people. He had to overcome that. And when he did, they not only cheered him on, but then he got the old corner office, he got this, he got that. It was a metaphor, basically, or an allegory about, uh, you know, social conformity in the form of a, uh, you know, a coming out ritual, which, which um, should never be forced on a people because if you force that kind of thing on a people, what do you get? What you, what you get is what they wanted: factory workers. I mean, nothing wrong with factory workers, but I mean all you know, George Orwell cubicles. You, you know the the, uh, the a deep you, you know severance of creativity, a complete, um, you know, basically disemboweling of the 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 positive creative force of human. And then they go, well, we were scared. I I didn't want to pay the price. So it's binary to them. It's either you obey or you pay this price. Not, oh, my God, I'm afraid of losing my mind. Oh, my God, what about, you know, I might lose my creativity. Oh, my God, I'm not really being, you know, I'm with some kind of marriage thing here. I got 2.5 kids. I live in a subdivision with you know concrete a certain way. I get notices in the mail. If my lawn gets more than an inch inch higher, I get a notice I need to cut it. I gotta pay taxes on that. I gotta send the kids to the school, you know, like where everybody else is. If I don't comply on every level, you know, I get reported and if I decide to say, let the fucking grass grow, I'm gonna be in front of that uh, shrink and they're going to have me on Prozac. So this, and and they're not going to tell you this. The self-help gurus, Tony Robbins is not ever going to tell you about this. There's another guy I used to, to watch wondering if he'd ever talk, Guy Finley. He came from Beverly Hills. when He was from the, Entertainment family, and uh, he uh, he was a recording artist at one time. Anyway, um, I remembered Guy from you know from just childhood, and I I it was interesting. He 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 never he started referring to the Bible more. I, I don't know if he made it through COVID. I don't know what happened to him. I haven't you know seen him in a long time. But he was like a, a new age kind of teacher, I guess, sort of new agey. Trying to trying to help people get over their pain, and I would always tell guy, you know, and write him a note. I just say, "Guy, nothing's gonna happen unless you address the issue. And if you can't address the issue, just shut up." And that's where it stayed. That's where it ended. Up, I mean, that's where I left it. Right? Because what can he do if he if just conform better, you you know, forgive yourself for getting along in the world, as my you know, my mother used to say, <coughs> find out how the world is and what the world is and then get along with it, you know, become friends with it, you know, get along with it, Do as they say, do in Rome, but what they do in Rome, you know, do, you know, right? And things will go nice. Well, I, I had no idea what she meant by that because I was just uh, in my own world, you know, I mean, I'm... I already had damage, I've already been abused, I've already been, you know, sexually assaulted. I've, I've, I was already traumatized by the time I heard those words. I never had a chance to, you know, never had a chance to, under, I never had a chance to understand what was going on or what was at stake. So I'm piecing it together now. I certainly don't believe in suicide. I'm sorry my daughter did that, but I understand. I understand what she did. I understand that she, uh, you know, she was addicted to the pain that stemmed from abuse when she was a child, but she was, you know, she never lived with me. She lived with her mother over in Italy and and her mother was very lenient, I guess. I, I don't want to blame the mother. I just, whatever happened, she had abuse issues. Finally, she was, you know, verbal about it with me, but it was just too late. She'd been a cutter. She cut herself, she cut her skin with a knife and she would always cut herself. And she told me when she was 16, she just wants to die. I remember that, remember that Trish? Yeah. Trish remembers that. She just goes, I just want to die. I just want to die. She was aware that, you know, they tried to groom her to be like a Gucci girl. So in Italian society, when I say Gucci girl, that means, you know, a she-she, upscale society girl, right? That's what we call it. And she failed that and realized she wasn't that kind of girl at all. She was a very open, honest, beautiful person. But she had this problem. She was addicted to this, this boyfriend she had that would give her pain, and she didn't want pain. She wanted to be loved, and she didn't want pay. She wrote a note, said, I just want to be loved, and I can't have that. And then she jumped off the bridge in Tuscany, and the rest is history. Yeah. All of that stemmed from pedophilia. And she told me about somebody at a party in Beverly Hills, because her mother was friends with a few people in Beverly Hills, and so some party where she said... She felt that Satan was there. This guy that abused her, she felt she, he was Satan. So she felt cursed ever since. And then she ended it. She got out of it by ending it. Jesus was not enough. She took the walk 500 miles down to the uh, a church in Spain. She took that... She uh, did twice. She did it twice, of, Martin Sheen made a movie out of it one time called The Way. I forget what that walk, but it's 500 miles. So she walked 500 miles twice, trying to get closer to God, but it didn't work. She still had, you know, her phobias were getting worse. She couldn't eat with people. She couldn't go outside. And uh, the job she did have, which was an ambulance, she was the ambulance crew. But she couldn't keep up with that either because the damage that was done by these good people could not be overcome. She was already murdered as a child. All she had after that was pain. Pain because other people would not leave her alone. You know the, 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 the you know obviously a hardwiring to need something you don't want to need and she wasn't having it she was not going to have it she was not going to be going that way having a whole lifetime living in the, living in the shadows with these needs that she's not proud of so she put an end to it I don't think I could blame her at all. She definitely had the Keith curse. Because when she went, the whole hope of the line went. Everything went with her. Oh, no, her death was more than just... just an idle death. No, 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 no. Destiny had been affected. She basically ended time. For me, it was the end of time. There was no more time after that. She died in July of uh, 2018. So not that long ago, but, but long enough ago. And she knew everything. She would listen to the Zeph Report. She would, you know, she knows that there were people that uh, were going to kill themselves that didn't, who tuned in. I, I don't see how you can kill yourself, though, actually, when you know all this that I've been explaining. i opening the whole thing up so that you can see all of it, so you can go, yeah, I mean, I can see why suicide would be a natural instinct, but you're not going to do it, because you can now see it all. It's not against you. You just arrived in a place where this is what goes on. Abuse and cover up. Listen, listen. You're suicidal because you were abused and it was covered up. Abuse and covered up. You've couched it in something more noble. It's just as simple as that. You were abused, and then it got covered up. And whenever you wanted to put it together to try to get over it, you couldn't quite get over it. Whatever you hear negative stuff or something painful or whatever, you go receive it. You were you know, cut off at the uh, at the ankles. Well. So nothing is different, you know what I mean. Nothing is different from, you know, from the ancient times to now. All we can do, though, I mean, they're so afraid of it being rejected. It meaning their closet life, the cave life, the life of the dual uh, mind life, the life of the of, of you know, the secret shadows and then, you know, the surface person and the, the, you know, the deep dark secrets well, they're not deep dark those secrets are the person and the outward persona is a lie put that in the closet bring out the real person I don't think you'll like them too much because they hate you they hate everybody They hate every single person, including and especially themselves. Because they hate what they've had to do, they think, to make a living, to be acceptable enough, to be left alone enough, to make, you know, to be poor.